0: close your eyes. Imagine your favorite bar. Envision a perfect drink in your hand. You're sitting alone until a friendly stranger sits next to you and with a wink raises their glass to you. Over the course of the next hour, you chat, laugh, and drink in their story before parting ways with a smile on your face. This is A Toast and a Tale. Hello and welcome to A Toast and a Tale. I'm your host, Marissa Rothermel, and I am here with Emily Smith. She is the CEO and founder of Teleteachers Inc. Yes, it is a company that does employ me. This is not a sponsored <laughs> ad. This is me fulfilling a dream that I have had for months at this point, which is to sit down and, you know, just have a drink with a coworker, friend. Uh, this is long overdue. We have literally traveled together and never shared a glass of wine. So let's get this party started. Emily, my, my podcast host for online and inspired my co-host cheers Cheers
1: to you. I am so delighted, excited to be here and to have a drink with you. And also, yeah, kind of taking a step back and just like, Pretending like we're at a bar. Exactly. This is fantastic. I love you've got a big
0: glass of red right there. I went white for this evening, but I know you're going to appreciate the whole logic behind this. First okay. of all, you can't see it on here, but you know me fairly well. And my my listeners are starting to get to understand my Disney obsession. I was gifted a wine glass this uh, past, this past uh, birthday, which was a week and change ago now. And it says bibbidi bobbidi boozed." Yes,
1: this is so you. <laughs> can I it see?
0: Hey,
1: can you? Can you? Put it I don't
0: know how well you're going to be able to see. I got a picture of it earlier, so I'm going to have to just send it to you because it's like etched in, so it doesn't it doesn't uh, show very clearly. And then I have a matching coaster, which you might be able to see. That one says "drinker bell." <laughs> Uh, so we've got a nice sub, sub subtle Disney theme here. And uh, this was a gift. This wine glass was a gift from my aunt. So I'm drinking a white wine that's actually from a box, but we totally, totally love it. And it's kind of like our unofficial wine at this point. It's um, Nighthawk uh, Sauvignon Blanc. And it's a great box of wine to just kind of keep in your fridge. And so, uh, Aunt Karen, this glass is also to you.
1: Don't you think that if someone doesn't have a box of wine in their fridge, I mean, that's probably not a person that you want to spend a lot of time with.
0: I could not agree more. I I, I think maybe when I start going to new people's houses, I'll just walk over to their fridge, open it up. Like, okay, we're cool. We're cool. (laughs) If there's wine in there.
1: Otherwise, I'm sorry. Something just came up. Bye. There's always opportunity to have like the wine rack with the fancy wine but if you mm-hmm. don't have a box you, you need know. the everyday box right it's important <laughs> the I I used to buy is it called red box no some some boda black, box black, black box. box yeah oh love that yeah I was a big fan
0: of black box then I went to boda box and now I'm I'm on this I think it's a a subsection of Boda box that's doing like this Nighthawk series and it's all of their it's like bigger bolder versions of their regular wines so they have Boda box Sauvignon Blanc but now they have this Nighthawk edition and it's legit good it's really good and Aunt Karen went and bought the red version of it tonight so I'm gonna have to saunter down to her house later on and be like I need to know <laughs> <laughs> is this delicious is it is it everything I hoped it would be what are you drinking tonight
1: I am drinking, um, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Harvester. Oh, I don't know that one. Where's it from? Can you hear my baby in the background? No. You're (laughs) good. I can edit
0: Maddie out, no problem.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. The dog's putting her to bed right now. That's so.
0: perfect. It's like Nana from Peter Pan. See, again, going back to Disney, you know, she puts this, she she takes care of the babies, puts them to bed. It's great. I'm working on training my dogs. They don't help at all unless she also has a fistful of snacks.
1: This is one of the reasons why I love you, because I've never watched Peter Pan. Get out of town, M. Come on. I, I know. We're going to need to do
0: a girls weekend. We're going to try a bunch of boxed wine. We're going to watch some Disney movies. We're going to start with Peter Pan cuz it's absolutely my favorite hands down just storyline. You you need you need some of that magic in your life, I think. Maybe I do. Maybe, Maybe do. once
1: I watch it all understand what i'm missing maybe maybe i
0: i've literally interviewed your mother and i didn't ask her why she has not you know raised you disney and she's gonna have to come back on the other podcast and i'm gonna have a real conversation with
1: her about how what do you mean emily hasn't seen these movies i mean this is kind of a fun fact that i was raised on veggie tales not Disney movies that checks Isn't out that a lot? gives you an idea of my upbringing I yes it does
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay well that answered that question we don't need to have your mom
1: back on the podcast that <laughs> details all the way <laughs> back to back to my wine selection um it's harvester I I just went over to my wine rack it's I have no idea yeah you know, how I got this, but it is um, the reason I chose it over the other wines this evening is because it's um, the winery is called Austin Hope Winery. Oh, I Isn't like that beautiful name. Yes, it is. I if I have a, a another daughter, I would totally name her Austin Hope. Austin is my mother's maiden name, my just family name that I adore. And I've always loved the name Hope. So Austin Hope Winery.
0: I love that. You know, Nora's middle name is Hope. Oh, that's right. That's Uh, Emily and I both have similarly aged children, daughters, single children. um, And they are both beautiful, beautiful, exhausting toddlers. And we are navigating uh, virtual education and life and toddlerhood and teething and going to school and all of these things and that is why it's really important that we always have wine in boxes in the fridge.
1: <laughs> yes, 100%. Yes. This
0: will help us survive. And I'm just going to start going ahead and and signing up a Disney Plus subscription for your daughter so that my influence of raising her can can
1: <laughs> sneak in there amongst the veggie tails. She she appreciates it. Now she's not a veggie tails kid. But uh yeah, mom got enough of that in her childhood for the both of us. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you have a fear of vegetables
0: now or expect them to sing all the time when you open up the fridge? Uh, just I want to know the long-term effects. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get started with some of our rounds. Uh here we go. Round one. Who are you and what three words would
1: you use to describe yourself? Well, my name is Emily Smith. Um who am I? Um, I am, gosh, this the way that you, a person introduces themselves says so much mm-hmm. about them. And I put pressure on myself to say like, well, what am I gonna say first? Um, <laughs> There's no particular order here. They're
0: all wonderful. And almost- one of your words should be wonderful.
1: Oh, well, you're kind. Um, so my three words that I chose were, or that I'm thinking about, um, were, uh, reflective Mm. to a fault, like annoyingly reflective. So at the end of every week I have to, um, go back. What did I do? How did it make me feel? What can I do better?
0: (laughs) Wow. So yeah, there's that people try Uh, to be you though. People try to be you and be that reflective and take that time to do that. So to do that to any degree is amazing, but to a fault.
1: It's, it's to the extreme, to the point where I get anxiety if I don't have time to reflect. So, you know, blessing and a curse. Sure. But I also like want to soak up every ounce of life and it speeds by so quickly that I think that that is just something that I, one of the reasons why I just love prioritizing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, So I would say that um, intense would be another one. (laughs) You've seen this side of me at work. Whatever I do, I go uh, way too hard at it. I did my undergrad for college in three years instead of four. I was always just like, can't do things quick enough. And still to this day, I have to remind myself, there's no award for getting places first. I mean, sometimes there is, but, um, you know, stop and smell the roses is something that my dad always tells me when he can sense that, you know, I've got a little bit too much on my plate or, or whatever. So I'm, I'm trying to balance. It's, it's interesting. There's always no matter what the quality is, there's always, you know, an angel and a devil to it. Mm-hmm. Or, or like a cucumber and an eggplant, or like, what's the VeggieTales version of that? Yeah, one? something like that. It's been a while. I'm trying not to go there. I don't want to reflect on that. All right. All right. We'll scrap that one.
0: All right. So, reflective, intense. It's so funny that you picked intense. When we met each other for the first time a few months ago in person, we were out representing the company that we're. Growing, and you you had said to me, "You're like I'm. You know, I'm sorry if I come off as intense." And we would we had known each other for a few hours at this point, and I think that's really when our relationship cemented, because my reaction was, "Oh, are you?" Because <laughs> I don't, I don't, be, I I should maybe. I mean, you're the founder of of the company I work for. I should definitely look at you as intense, but I can't see past your just very welcoming, very. uh just calm, cool demeanor, the big smile on your face all the time. So maybe you're intense in say, you know, a sales pitch room, but to me, you're just cool.
1: <laughs> you're the best bartender ever. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, in, I think it's a, it also has to do with the pressure that I place upon myself. Mm-hmm. Everybody has, you know, something that they do that's, you know, um, horribly unhealthy And that's one of the things that just, yeah. uh, but anyway, so reflective, intense, (laughs) um, and adventurous.
0: Yes. I like that adventurous. In what way are you adventurous? I love when people describe themselves as that, because I want to know how.
1: I would be bored to death. If I was doing the same thing every day, I have a tendency to reinvent myself every five years completely. And usually it comes with, uh, setting my vision board. What cool shit do I want to (laughs) do? Where do I want to go? Um, and just like thinking if somebody looked at this, they would think I'm crazy. That's the level of adventure that I want in my life. Anything else is just so boring. I, I just can't even stand it.
0: (laughs) I love that. I think that's the secret reason you and I get along. I have reinvented myself at least four times in my life with a complete start from zero. Whole, completely different person. I mean, I remember specific moments where I have changed. And from that day on, I was a completely different person. Uh, and, And when I first was trying to come up with this podcast name, I almost called it something to the effect of chapters. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, because I do believe that you know, you change so much as you grow. And while the meaning behind the this podcast was always to get someone's story, that was it. It was like, what chapter are you on right now of your life? You know, what is your what who are you in this moment? Where were you before? Where do you want to go? Uh, or where do you think you want to go right now? So I totally relate to that. How old were you when you first changed? who you were. That's my question. I know mine. That's why I want to know yours. I know how old I was, how, or approximately.
1: We should have asked my mom when she was on online and inspired podcast, but I'm going to say, um, I evolved my freshman year of high school, freshman, sophomore year. So I started playing basketball when I was in sixth grade and was the most uncoordinated, like the coach had to hold me by the back of the jersey and pull me along just to my brain couldn't compute a play (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um but i loved it i'm like oh i think i can get good at this this is fun and so for the next three years in a very intense fashion i poured myself into becoming good at basketball i did they call it ball handling which (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> how do I need a name for this I'll use that hashtag we're gonna get some real interesting
1: hits I did ball handling drills every day for hours you know that's <laughs> very similar to what I was doing at that age can we use that as a sound bite definitely um, definitely so <laughs> I was raised very conservatively so it was <laughs> anyway it was the only ball handling that I was doing but um uh I loved it and um did it for three years, freshman in, in high school, like uh thought that hey, I'm gonna, I wanna do this. I wanna be a college basketball player, I wanna be WNBA rookie of the year, like wow. all of those big dreams. And uh I dislocated my knee. Oh no. no. At summer camp for basketball, dislocated my knee couldn't ever get, you know, get it fully functioning again. It just scared me too. So um, I just was never the same. I, I couldn't perform at the level that I wanted to. I think, you know, anybody that's been through an injury and being, you know, your first year in high school and you have this big injury and um, you know, you're, you have to redefine yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, um, I also didn't curse at the time, but I think if I would have, I would have been like, shit, <laughs> what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I have no idea where I got this idea from and it was before the days of the internet. We had like AOL dial up, mm-hmm. but I found a pageant. I can't believe I'm telling Oh you my
0: this. God. I love where this story is going.
1: (laughs) Um, The two sips of wine has our mommy brain. Um, So I, I threw myself into doing pageants and it was the thrill of it was, you know, trying to keep up with current events and being well-spoken. Well, for those who have never been in the pageant circuit, like it is It is like toddlers and tiara style. It is the most intense thing I've ever seen in my life. I didn't know that when I signed up for miss Merry Christmas, you know, but I went to miss Merry Christmas and crushed it for you. I didn't really crush it. I was, I looked like a giraffe walking in high heels um, because apparently there's an art and a science to, you know, all of this and Anyway, I begged my mom. So going from begging my mom to hire me a basketball coach to begging my mom to hire me a pageant coach. Wow. And I just I loved it. Um and again, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I ended up uh being Miss Branson and getting ready to go to the Miss Missouri pageant and you've got to you've got to guess what my talent was. Ball handling? <laughs> ball handling. No, it wasn't. It totally was. <laughs> it. I swear to you, I had the cutest little outfit too. My pageant directors are like, okay, you can do this basketball thing, but you need to wear some hot shorts. And we're, <laughs> oh my God. No. I had, I wish that I could find a picture of that. I don't have one. Thank God. But I had the cutest little red sequin outfit. And my grandmother and I actually before we upgraded to the hot shorts, my grandmother and I made a blue silk basketball uniform, and we trimmed it in sequins. And that was what I went out and did my original routine. That is amazing. <laughs> Does this outfit exist anywhere? Are we going to see Maddie? I hope <laughs> not. I mean, maybe the girls are wearing it on TikTok somewhere, but maybe. maybe. So anyway, that was my evolution from becoming a basketball player to doing something with the same intensity, but in a totally different area. So I would say that I quasi reinvented. Yeah, that was that was a reinvention. A hundred
0: percent. I mean, you you did maintain the ball handling throughout. So question, how many times can we say ball handling this podcast? (laughs) Um, Will it carry over into next week's education related podcast? Stay tuned to find out. (laughs) but uh, yeah. Wow. That's pretty big change. That's really a big change. Good for you. I love that. We were the same age when uh, we, we went through our first, you know, closed the first chapter, if you will. This is going to be a test to see if my mother listens to this, but uh, I made the conscious choice at the age of 14 when I was out.
1: Uh,
0: Oh, you know, feeling feeling myself, if you will. So I uh, I made choices when I was younger that were questionable involving drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, etc. And I was coming home from sneaking out one night and it was uh, my parents were renovating their house. And there was like all of this plastic sheeting up. And I remember taking like half an hour to get back into the house so as to not wrinkle the plastic sheeting And, like, analyzing how the door would open and close, et cetera. Uh, Half an hour to get back in the house. And I finally got back in the house. And for some reason in that moment, it dawned on me that my mother was upstairs pregnant at that time. And she could have had that baby, like, any moment and seen me. And for some reason, that was the moment that I said, you know what? I'm actually done with this. Really? (laughs) from that moment on my, my friend group changed. I became, uh, from a a failing student to an A student. I just completely pivoted on who I was and what I was doing with my life. I went and got a job, uh, at 14 and just totally changed my trajectory because of plastic sheeting
1: and pregnancy. So
0: amazing, yeah. So that was the, that was the first big chapter uh fun times fun times I, I like
1: how you refer to this as chapters I think that's just such a beautiful way to look at the evolution of life and to think it's all one book and that's something that I struggle with is thinking you know am I changing too much do I know who I am why am I reinventing myself what am I gonna want next but to think at the end of the day it's this beautiful story yeah um and it's no surprise that you think of that that way. And I totally see how you reinvent yourself because every day it's just something different. Like, Oh yeah, I was a beekeeper. Oh yeah. yeah I did this. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> there have <laughs> been a <laughs> lot of chapters. Yeah,
0: There have been a lot of chapters, some are shorter than others. I did keep bees with my uh, boyfriend, then husband um at the time and yeah we had several hives we built the hives ourselves we uh did everything that a beekeeper does and had amazing honey from it it was really really cool uh but that was a chapter we closed when an allergy developed and you know anaphylactic shock is not fun so that's another column in the how many lives have you saved uh category I think I'm at three Mm -hmm. now um but Yeah. So it's been it's been a wild, wild ride. I love I love to look at life as a book, though. And, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to start this podcast was, you know, to just talk about all the chapters that have happened so far. And hopefully we can look back and and reflect. And I reflect along with everybody that comes on here. Uh, And, you know, when my daughter is old enough to understand all of these things and hear about a promiscuous (laughs) early teen, I'll let her listen to them. But until then, this is listed as explicit on podcasts.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) So my cursing earlier is. is, uh... Oh, yeah, you're
0: totally fine. There are going to be plenty of people coming on here with wonderful and wildlife stories. And uh, we are we are safe to swear. (laughs) (laughs) we are safe to be graphic no problem uh right. there's even a disclaimer on the website saying hey this isn't for kids <laughs> anyway so we already talked about what you're drinking but now you're a couple sips into it how is it great great how would you describe it
1: three words <laughs> oh let me take another sip. see this is where i'm gonna switch from you know you always gotta switch between classy and bougie to keep it interesting <laughs> i don't have classy words to describe this hmm I don't that's okay. uh, Delicious is good. Delicious like wine. Um, it doesn't have uh, you know, a bite to it.
0: That's good. No, that's good descriptions. Listen, during one of the chapters of my life, I was a uh I I worked at a wine shop and I ran the Friday night tastings. And it was I would select the wine that we were doing, one that we were gonna bring into the shop, etc. I had been informally trained by some uh folks in a different chapter of my life um an ex and his somalier uh uncle and i had the opportunity to drink wine that was you know 50 plus years old from all over the world just wonderful and crazy stuff that i you know i i learned how to take tasting notes etc and so during this chapter of my life i Poured wine on Friday nights. And it was so much fun to just hear the words that people came up with to describe a wine. I wish that I was drinking the same thing as you so we could do a tasting on air. And maybe that's in our future sometime. Yes. That would be like fun. There is no wrong answer when it comes to taking it to tasting wine. I have heard and even used the descriptors for everything. Bacony is one of my favorite. Uh, You know, uh, fertilizer is another one. Farmhouse is actually a a legitimate taste in wine and beer. Farmhouse. This is Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a lot that you can learn, but there is no wrong answer ever because everyone tastes it
1: differently. I don't want to. This is one thing that I don't want to reflect on. I don't want to reflect on words to describe my wine. I just want to drink it and know, is it good or is it okay? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I really appreciate that. There was no bad court
0: category. It was just that eh, it's fine. <laughs> it will do. It'll get the job It'll done. Do. That's right. That's right. That's beautiful. All yeah. right. So how about it? Um, where are you living now and where have you lived before? Because those are very different places.
1: I am living in Fort Lauderdale. Um, I, which I'm sure everybody knows this, but super close to Miami. So fun so much culture and things to do and the beach where we just moved into an apartment that's right across from the beach. And we just are totally loving this. Um, very different from where I grew up in liberal Kansas and, um, Branson, Missouri. Wow. So I claim Branson, Missouri. I, okay. I, I love Kansas to my core. Um, but Branson, Missouri is where I had, all of my childhood memories. And when I think of hometown, it's it's definitely Branson. Have you heard of Branson? No, not only from you. <laughs> I
0: have no idea. I actually to be honest with you, I don't teach geography and I'm not actually sure where Missouri even is, but I know it's in the continental United States. So there yeah, you go. it's
1: in the middle. So when you think about my okay. transition of where I've lived, it's middle to coast. But so I was there, um, went to school in Springfield, Missouri at Missouri state, and then moved to another small town called Nevada, Missouri spelled like Nevada, but don't make that mistake. Um, and then I moved to Madison, Wisconsin for, uh, a couple of years. Actually, I said that wrong. The Wisconsinites would be mad. Wisconsin. I don't know how they say it, but anyway, lived there for a couple of years. That was so fun. Um, just a quaint town with so many different worldviews, but yet still you have that small town excitement and camaraderie. And then moved to Chicago for a couple of years and um then landed down here. I moved to Florida when I was eight and a half months pregnant and the pandemic hit. And I was living in downtown Chicago at the time. And I was like, yeah, um, I'm not going to be surrounded by a million people unable to go outside and, um, you know, while I'm pregnant, uh, so made the decision to come down to Florida and just, I, I know we're a little out there on some things, but I just love Florida.
0: Wow. How, wh- how, how, did you land at Chicago to Fort Lauderdale? Like what, why there that, that's a huge difference.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, When I sold the shares in my first company, I made some really bad financial decisions. And one of those bad financial decisions, but so fun and kind of aligned with my value of adventure was buying a boat. Good for you. Oh, I own a boat. Everybody's like, you know, oh, your husband owns a boat. I'm like, yeah, no, I own a boat. Um, and, uh, so the boat was here in Fort Lauderdale and, um, uh, was just so much fun. And so then that's when, uh, you know, I started spending a lot of time down here and just loved it. I mean, when you think about the pandemic and living mm-hmm. in Chicago, it was March, it was freezing cold. You, if you wanted to go anywhere, like you couldn't even walk outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, came down here and, the rest is history
0: that's amazing that's amazing I had a boat it was in Fort Lauderdale so eight and eight and a half months
1: pregnant is that is that what I heard yes no no um no doctor I was like hmm women have been giving birth since the beginning of time we can figure this out (laughs) like if I can't find a doctor it'll be fine yeah if um if i so i will figure this out i'll go into the emergency room if you know i can't find a doctor and you know whatever that's also another area where like i'm not type a i'm just like you know when it happens it happens wow that actually
0: surprises me i don't know why i would have assumed that you had the baby thing down to i don't know for your this is where i'm guessing i presumed your intensity in my head you had like the baby playlist you had it all figured out
1: you had no oh no not at all i was just like "We're we're gonna make this work i am an intense intense person when, um, you know, it's like work or something, but, um, when it's my personal life, I'm just like totally laid back to a fault to a point where my mom was calling me saying, Emily, I think you should try and find a doctor And <laughs> like, mom. I, I did. And at that time they weren't taking any new patients mm-hmm. because of the pandemic, everybody was full. Um, so I'm like, we'll figure it, it's fine, mom. It'll be fine.
0: That is amazing. Uh eventual guest on here is actually the midwife who uh delivered my baby who I've
1: oh, formed ha,
0: ha. a real relationship with after she saved my life. So, like actual emergency issue. So to hear that you you know, I didn't meet her before that day, but thank God, you know, that the stars aligned where she was there with me and um yeah,
1: I don't know. It surprises me you didn't have it all all planned out um, for you. not at all. If I would have had it planned out, that would have stressed me out. Like the, and plus the team's heart um, at TeleTeachers, because I get emails of like, hey, Emily, this conference is coming up. Did you book your hotel? Did you <laughs> book your flights? I'm like, eh, I'll get there. I get stressed out because I, I don't like being, um, I, I don't want to say I don't like being committed to things. I like being committed to things. But what if I want to change my mind? What if I want to fly in on a Monday as opposed to a Tuesday? And I won't know what I want to do until the time is here. That's really funny because you changed your flight right before we were supposed to meet. I (laughs) I totally (laughs) forgot about that. I think you made our hotel reservations too, didn't you? I think so. I think you did. Otherwise, I would have just like winged it. That's was so optimistic. funny in Baltimore. No, no, we <laughs> learned
0: that. Oh, my goodness. Um, You know, for anyone who's a crossover listener, I think you heard a little bit about us uh, getting to meet the homicide department of the Baltimore police. And we had a great time with them and learned some things. You're going to have to uh, message one of us directly to learn how to d- dispose of a bod- body properly. But
1: we did ask <laughs> the
0: important questions. <laughs>
1: That was such a strange, amazing, wonderful evening.
0: It was. It was.
1: <laughs> I will never forget it. That is its well, own I'm tiny
0: sure. champ, chapter in uh, in life, for sure. Uh, yes. I'm glad we got to share it. <laughs> but yeah, make an actual hotel reservation in Baltimore and make sure you know where you're staying. Uh, we heard that from many, many people, inclu- including the cops, including every taxi driver, including the security that was wandering around the hotel. Uh, know where you are at all times anyway let me, let, me, let me go let
1: my dog out i'll be right back okay yeah i'm sorry
0: all righty and emily is back the dog is taking care of i think the dog quit nannying uh but i think the baby's still asleep so we can continue so what what oh hope, yeah i hope you refilled your glass of wine while you were gone totally of <laughs> fantastic all right so this is you know maybe a little bit of a loaded question but uh What are you doing for work? And if you could do anything else, what would it be?
1: Oh, I founded and uh, now am running a venture-backed technology company called TeleTeachers. And we deliver software solutions into schools and organizations to make sure that they have the staff, providers, therapists that they need, and the technology to do their jobs easier or enable telehealth or whatever that might look like. So we're a software company. Never thought I'd be running a software company, um, which I suffer with imposter syndrome. And uh, I just, it's really fun to walk into a meeting with a bunch of tech dudes and be a non-technical founder and those tech dudes work for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I remember when we got the email about, Hey guys, just so you know, we are now like a tech company. We're not just, you know, an education company or whatever we were billing as before. But I remember that coming out and I was like, whoa. Yeah, I work with computers. <laughs> <laughs> I remember walking to my husband and like, hey, just so you know, um, I'm in ed tech now. So uh, <laughs> there's that. He's a video game uh, engineer. So I think maybe I got a little street cred with him that day. But then he asked me some technological question. I was like, "I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to the higher ups.
1: The only answer is, it's fine. I work for a tech company. Yeah, it's fine. Turn it off and turn it back
0: on again. That's my understanding of computers. (laughs) And it fixes a lot of things, darn it.
1: I called our CTO today and I said, "Um, I know that this is probably an unlikely question that you get asked, but can you help me solve an email problem? (laughs) He's like, okay, Emily, what do you need?
0: (laughs) I love that. That's fantastic. Did he help you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course you did. That's phenomenal. And that's why, you know, you get to say CEO and boss next to your name. That's, that's wonderful. Help me fix my email. Okay. Thanks. I know you don't work on this platform at all, but also do it.
1: (laughs) If I, if I could do anything else, um, I think I would go in the total opposite direction. I would want to be a writer. The, I want to be a freelance writer um, or maybe poetry. And I don't have any formal training. Like, don't ask me what a haiku is, but I know that I like to write words that rhyme or little, little short blurbs that are meaningful. Um, so I would, I would just want to be a writer all day long, um, kind of doing my own thing when I want to. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Um, or, uh, I recently, became involved with world refugees school. Well, I've been involved with them for a couple of years, but just, um, became a board member, which I was just, when they asked me to be on the board, I like cried (laughs) (laughs) me. Yes. I, so I'm just like humbled to be a part of an organization that is so wildly impacting, um, our future i mean education's everything and there's it's just devastating to think that every child does not have equal opportunity you're sometimes born in a refugee camp and you stay there i think that 17 years is like the average length of time that someone spends in a refugee camp and so you know how are they how are they becoming educated education is powerful so I would, you know, in my next life or my next reinvention or whenever teleteacher teacher sells, um, I would love to be deeply involved in um, a nonprofit organization like that. Uh, so yeah, this, somewhere somewhere. I, I can totally see you doing that.
0: That's right, aligned with your passions of just making sure that everybody gets that solid base of education because without it, it's so hard to go anywhere. And you love to go somewhere you had that education to enable you to be able to do that. And that's wonderful. And congratulations on your board member role with uh, World Refugees. That's really, really cool.
1: I'm definitely the new board member that like shows up having made my own swag to the board meetings. Like I I had dinner last night with the founder of World Refugees School. And he's like, so where'd you get that t-shirt? Do we sell that? I was like, no, I had it made on Amazon. <laughs> it's like, nice. So, um, all
0: right, let's see. Oh, this is, this is where we start getting good. We're halfway through our questions. So how about share a high point in your life or something you are personally proud of?
1: Yeah. Whew, this one's tough. Um, I would probably relate it back to um, and it wasn't like a moment in time that happened. It was after going through a series of events and months struggling to kind of come out of something and, and say, wow, I, I did that or I hung in there. So I started teleteachers in 2019 and self-funded through the first year. That was the other half of the investment. That was the boat was a bad investment. This was a better investment, but um, anyone so- who owns a boat
0: will say that it was a questionable event- investment. I mean, we've owned a boat. We left it in New York. We'll get a new boat someday. But I mean, boats, boats bring joy and pain.
1: I totally, I, yeah, I'll, be, I'll always be a boater to the core. I don't know if I, I just think that it probably wasn't the right time in my life to buy a boat. Sure. But you were starting a company and buying a boat. So um so I self-funded through the first year which you always spend so much more money than you anticipate and um I went out to raise a round of venture capital funding so I did the Shark Tank type thing um the day I decided to go out for my round of funding I also found out I was pregnant that day oh,
0: the same day
1: the same day I was out in LA meeting with, um, some investors and I'm like, holy shit, I feel bad. I feel really bad. And I just couldn't get out of bed. I was so tired. And, um, anyway, so found out I was pregnant and then, um, started raising capital and, um, March of that, March of 2020 came around, the pandemic hit, investors were, you know, kind of on pause, scared to make any investments, not knowing the state of the world, the quarantine hit. Um, I delivered my baby in April and the day I was going in to deliver, my lead institutional investor called and said, okay, I'm committing to this round. Let's do it. Let's close it up awesome. But couldn't you have done that like a couple of days before I literally went in to deliver my daughter? Like just so I would have had a couple of days where I wasn't sweating. Will my company exist when I leave the hospital? Oh my God. The point where I was like calling my dad and my mom, like, Hey, can you bridge me? And you know, I don't come from you know, a, my, my family is successful and have been hard working their entire lives, but it's not like, you know, we're sitting on, you know, a ton of cash. And so, um, yeah, it was really super crazy, stressful. And, um, so to make a long story even longer, um, I had my beautiful daughter and came back. And within a matter of, days I was on these investor calls negotiating, um, trying to get to terms. Um, it was my first time raising venture. So there was just a lot, There was a big learning curve. Meanwhile, I've got the baby blues I'm breastfeeding. I'm, um, you know, I have wonderful investors, but at the end of the day, like that is a heavily male dominated industry. So I'm sitting there with my baby on these calls and, like I should, I should. I don't know how I should have handled that, but I, you know, that's kind of like the devastating part of being an entrepreneur is that your life can't, you can't stop the business to really savor the sweet moments of your life at certain points in the business. So, um, anyway, I, for it, it just spiraled. It spiraled out of control. I made a couple of hires. Um, that, you know, everybody always, you know, um, sometimes things aren't a great fit. There was just a lot of, like, there were a lot of, um, decisions that I made that, uh, didn't support the well, the, the being of the company. Um, but it's just, it's just things that are nat- naturally happen at startups. It's not like, yeah, you know, it, yeah. It's just, but to be but to be doing all of that startup
0: learning, which is so stressful to begin with, and being a first-time mom, which is so stressful to begin with in a global pandemic, which is so stressful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there you were managing so much. That's a huge series of challenges that you overcame. And kudos to you for for doing that. A hundred percent. I really believe that maternity leave and we have this in common that maternity leave is a beautiful, wonderful thing that neither of us took, (laughs) you know, and you need it because it takes three months to kind of start figuring out that you're a human again. You are just this ball of emotions. My best friends, my husband's like, if my, if somebody held my child, I wanted to burst into tears. And at times I did. Are they, is my child perfectly safe with these people that I love and trust? Absolutely. But the child is not attached to me and I just need, I, I want to cry about it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's so wild. So hard. It's so hard. It's amazing. I, guess, I mean, I guess you asked, I guess the question was, you know, what, what are you most proud of? Was that what yeah. The was? yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 Yep something you're personally proud of a high point,
0: but I think we've wrapped into a challenge that you've overcome too. So it kind of sounds like it all went together.
1: All went together. And, um, what I'm proud of myself for is I was going through horrible postpartum depression. I did not know it. I didn't realize it till I was six months in and was in my closet on the floor, crying, like couldn't get myself out of bed had, um, you know, wasn't, open and I didn't feel safe sharing that with anybody, um, at the company. Um, you know, it just, uh, I, things got so bad that I almost walked away from the company. I almost said, you know, I'm done with this. I I can't handle it. I am just grieving the time that I've lost with my baby. I'll never get that back. Um, like this company is not worth it. Why did I extend myself? And I always walked away. Um, but I didn't, and I have an amazing therapist that helped me face all of my fears. And, um, you know, had I walked away, I think I would have had a lot of regrets, um, But anyway, so I'm just, I I just like commend anybody that struggles with mental health issues and entrepreneurs are four times as likely to suffer from depression. So I think what I identified as postpartum depression was just, you know, ongoing issues with mental health and the stressors of trying to run a business and trying to be a human. Yeah. I mean, mental health is something that
0: most people struggle with and it takes the bravery to seek help you know that 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 giant step to seek help how did you get connected with my therapist yeah did you did you go for it did somebody like what what brought you out of kind of the closet where you were like what made you get
1: the help how did you find it well I had amazing chemical intervention (laughs) Um, (laughs) and uh then uh I had been working with this therapist previously, my friend from grad school recommended um, her. And so we had an established relationship and my husband uh, called my therapist and said, I don't know what to do. She's been in the closet crying for days. I'm very concerned. And there were, you know, just other behaviors that started to surface that weren't me. And at that point I was like, Oh, okay, something's going on here. Something isn't right. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't sidestep the fact that in work environments that are heavily male dom- dominated, like there's, there typically aren't safe spaces for no, not at all. women in particular to come out and say, Oh, by the way, I need some additional support because, um, I am, I just had a baby and I have postmodern depression and I'm still the right person to run this company, but I need Absolutely. help. Absolutely. We don't. <laughs> exist in that
0: world and I mean you know you're talking about in the startup company you're talking about in and looking for funding you're talking about but in the general world it's still not okay I mean you and I work in education right now tell me the last time you saw a breastfeeding room in a school (laughs) tell me the last time where a special educator could say hey I need to go pump right now. I understand that I'm severely understaffed and I have children in crisis, but I need to go do this in order to be okay to go ahead and help these students again. That doesn't exist. It doesn't. And who are the most likely people to have children? The people that devoted their lives to educating children. And yet that that basic need isn't being met you know, it's, it's amazing. And I just, it's incredible to hear your story and how you've pulled yourself out of that and become an incredible entrepreneur, a a very successful mom to a beautiful child who is just, this child has the most gorgeous curls. Like she's (laughs) going to be Miss Florida in a few years, a hundred percent, if she chooses to, I'm sure.
1: If she chooses to, or Miss Merry Christmas or whatever it is, you know. If, if, she wants. Wants.
0: if she wants to, that's right. I mean, just these curls. Oh my God, I would do anything for them. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a big overcoming. And I'm so glad that you had that support. Uh, I don't think that we have a culture. I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there as a society where we can start talking about that openly, but it still depends on the mom, on the individual, on the female to kind of like in- start that process. You know what I mean? It's not just... I know when I had, uh, when I had Nora, you know, they did a checklist, they did a checklist at the last, the couple appointments after that. And there's still an honesty required in filling out that checklist that I don't think a lot of people are ready to say, oh no, I need, I need that help. There's still that, that stigma of, you know, asking for help. Like, like you said, women have been giving birth for thousands of years, you know, we can do this. It'll be fine. But that, that self-care piece, that piece of being there for your child, that piece of knowing when you need to just talk to somebody is is huge. So kudos to you. That's incredible. So, I mean, that kind of uh, covered sharing a challenge in your life. Is there another one
1: you wanted to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. Is there? Um, I mean, so many different challenges. I, I would just say that, um, you know, it has been really, I, I have started over in my life. Like I'm, I don't know how I'm either 33 or 34. I don't remember. Um, (laughs) but I've started from scratch three different times. Um, and, um, you just do it and you figure out, I mean, I think you have to give yourself the freedom to reinvent yourself and all that, that comes with it. I'm so thankful for my education when I was having these internal thoughts and dialogues with my therapist about, do I stay with my company? Do I leave it? Do I, I, I was, I was so glad that I had my education to think that, you know, at the end of the day I can go get a job anywhere being a speech pathologist. This is um, you know, there are options. um, And So I don't know, I guess, I guess the challenge in life is just, you know, always figuring out how to reinvent yourself and do it in a way that you just are really proud of. Yes. And that's the important
0: part is being, being proud of yourself with every reinvention, because it takes a lot of mental capacity, a lot of strength to, to initiate that change and then to follow through with it. There have been a million times where I've started a change and then said, Maybe not. Maybe not yet. Maybe later. You know, I have I have done plenty of things. I We talked about one earlier. I was married previously and then divorced, and now I am married again, and I have a child. I have moved from New York to South Carolina. Previously, I moved from New York to D.C. That lasted all of six months, but it's why I know one of your favorite bookstores. I have supported countless number of people who were using me for money because I had the education behind me to, to make something of myself. Uh, You know, it's, it takes a lot of strength to say, Hey, I'm in a spot right now. It's not going to work for me anymore. I need to change this and then to follow through
1: with it. How old were you when you first got married? 23. I was 19. Nineteen. Nineteen. So you lived I, in a middle state, isn't that normal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. Um. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, so I didn't drink alcohol till I was twenty-three, and like, uh, so anyway, the the boxed wine, and just making sure that you have, you know, all of the it's important, you know, the things that you need to f- <laughs> feel good and manage life, and um, yeah. yeah. I totally agree with that. Do you mind sharing how long your
0: first one, Matt? I Seven years for me. How long your first marriage lasted? Five. Five? Yeah, we, we got, got to seven and then said, nope, <laughs> that's not going to work. Turned out I wanted kids. That was a hard no. That was a hard no. There was like a secret vasectomy involved. It was a whole story. We could do a, an hour on that one. A toast, no tail, in and of itself. A toast, a tail, a snip. There's so much going on. <laughs> yeah, didn't work out. Didn't work out. But hey, live and learn. There were adventures along the way. So, oh, well, but yeah, I mean, there's the only way to know what works and doesn't work for you is is to go out and do it and have those adventures and figure it out. And, you know, that's the thing I wish I wish the most for my child is like, go out and figure it out. You know, I don't expect a cookie cutter life out of you. I don't Mm. want you to have one at all. There is no such thing as a perfect. And as much as I love a Disney movie with their their beautiful story arcs, that's not real. And that's why those movies are so great. Because they're not real,
1: <laughs> right? Yep. Go out, find yourself, break things. Oh yeah, break things frequently.
0: <laughs> it's so important. So, how about something unexpected about you, or that a few pe- that few people know about you? I mean, I already talked about my ball handling. Oh, uh, <laughs> I should have waited to take a sip of wine. That one went straight up the nose. <laughs> yeah, wonderful ball handling skills. <laughs> So many jokes. So many jokes. Let's just say you have a lucky husband and I'm so happy for (laughs) it. Oh my God. We didn't just go there.
1: (laughs) We did. (laughs) Have you played basketball? Oh no. I'm too. I believe that. I don't know. I mean, every day is something that people that are close to me probably don't expect. Um, I just like to keep things really interesting. Um, I am currently in this phase where, um, one of, I, I read as I was c- going through this, uh, tranche of depression after having my baby, I read, um, I think it's Julia Cameron. Um, uh, oh, why am I going blank on the book now? Um, we've talked about it on our other podcast, the artist way, the oh, artist yeah. And it's a way to unlock creativity, but it was a path to tremendous healing for me. And one of the things that it encourages you to do is to write three pages every morning. First thing when you get up, dump all of the thoughts in your mind. And it also um, encourages you to go on what they call an artist date every week, which is something by yourself, something new out in the community that um, you just want to have fun with and get out of your comfort zone. So I've been having a lot of fun just doing that. I took a piano lesson and now I'm like, well, I want to play the piano and just, you know, not, not be not settling with, you know, your life as beautiful as it currently is. And what else can I bring into my life? Maybe that's like, I, I, um, am trying to get signed up to take a boxing lesson and a pottery lesson and just like fun things that you don't give yourself the opportunity to do. Unless you say once a week, I'm getting a babysitter and I'm going to go do this by myself.
0: That's awesome. We are just beginning, I mean, your daughter's a little bit older than than ours. We are just beginning to kind of go out and and refine who we are as individuals. And I honestly think I have a lot of thinking to do toward you for modeling that because you've been starting to go out and and travel more for work and like get back to kind of who you are and what drives you. And, you know, it was starting a podcast with you after we had a lengthy conversation over coffee one morning that has led me to where I am today. And now through, again, meeting people through you, there is chatter about me taking a pole dancing class with <laughs> one of the individuals that we hung out with in Baltimore. <laughs> That's so fun, so, I want to do that too. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? They exist, how fun would it be? Uh, oh my God, can we just get everyone that we hung out with in Baltimore to go do one of these classes together? That, I would, would, be die. that would be the best yeah. night ever. <laughs> do
1: that. We'll get the Baltimore PD department on you guys, if you're listening. See, I mean, you've just got to keep, keep life interesting and fun and, um, meet wonderful people. That's also one of the premises of the books. The book is put yourself in this, in an environment where you engage in dialogue with, with people and really meaningful, meaningfully connect with them. And I don't know, you just going to have to make yourself do that, but then you just start to crave doing that. And that's kind of where I am right now. I'm like, okay, I got to get my artist date this week. I got to go out and try something new and fun yeah. and people instead of, you know, stay in my house and my sweatpants all day.
0: Do you have something planned for this week? What's coming up next? Do you have an idea yet?
1: I haven't thought about it yet. That's you usually will. that usually happens during my Sunday reflection time, ah. next week, and I didn't do my Sunday reflection time last week.
0: So. Oh no, you need an extra glass of wine this week because I know how that stresses you out to not be able to reflect, but you were traveling, so that makes sense,
1: right, yeah,
0: all right. well, long shower, good glass of wine. <laughs> it's coming. Well, what is
1: something you wish you had more time for? Uh, exactly what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm fun things that you never thought that you would do, that you just randomly find in a Pinterest search of, you know, fun things to do around here. Um, And being in South Florida, there's so much to explore. I went to um, my first art gallery exhibit a couple months ago with one of my good friends down here. And she was going there. One of our family members had was one of the artists and she's like you've never been to an art gallery show I'm like no <laughs> like oh, what is it's that?
0: gotta be fun though I've been to art museums but I've never been to like a gallery showing
1: oh it was amazing the artists are there talking about their work and just you get to hear the passion behind it I don't remember art galleries in Branson so this is something that Branson I love it. It is the, it was the best place to grow up. Like when I fantasize about places I want to travel to, I want to go back to Branson and just spend time with my family and my grandma. But anyway, um, there's just so much to do around here. Um, I wish I had more time just to do it. Explore it all. Yeah. See what has to offer. That's
0: awesome. So I'm curious if you have a question to this or an answer to this question. And that is if you had a theme song, what would it be? And why? Well, you know I love the Beatles. I do know that. <laughs> um Here comes the Sun. Oh, that fits you. That's perfect. You think? I do. I love that for you. I think that's great. That's total perfect song absolutely you need to work that into every intro I'll help find music for your background we'll get it licensed or whatever just you got to work that into your into your montage of every opening day thing you do all of your pitches you need you totally need (laughs) to own that song that's fantastic so
1: I I have to also tell you that I did this pitch competition a long time ago years ago with my first company you had to choose a theme song to come out to. And, um, I came out to ABBA. It's called like choose me or what is it? Uh, what was it called? I'll circle back on it, but it was like something to the effect of like, Um, pick me, select me, something like that. And I'm like, I'll have to tell you on, well, I guess this is a toast and a tale. So I went to, um, uh, when one of the phases of my life was ending in my twenties, I said, I'm leaving the States and I'm going to Europe and I'm going to travel for a couple of weeks and um, just do whatever I want. And so I did, and I was eating, it was, I was in, um, Notting Hill neighborhood in London, this gorgeous Airbnb. And I went out to the corner restaurant that was Italian and I was just eating by myself and met these two older guys that were just so, so nice, ended up, um, going to a wedding reception. With them that was at the next restaurant over, and then they're like, um, "And this probably sounds like an unsafe interaction now." Like, I'm gonna follow this with another story that is so oddly
0: similar; it's amazing.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Then I want, to know, I want to about this. So, um, they're like, "So what do you want to do while you're in London?" I'm like, "I'm obsessed with the Beatles, and I've got to go to Abbey Road." So we hopped in an Uber and went to abbey road and they're like locals. Like they know this place. This, Oh my God. We can't, we can't let my mom listen to this show. Um, <laughs> like, this just gets worse thinking about what could have happened, but nothing happened. Um, so I, <laughs> I had them take pictures of me as I'm like walking across abbey road and like, you know, where the iconic picture is of the Beatles and, um, and then they offered me drugs and I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> oh my God. It's the same ending. God. <laughs> They're like Abbey road. Don't you want to do illicit drugs on Abbey road? I'm like, no, I don't. No, no, I do not. Okay. Actually so guys, like I was doing it for the picture. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I have to tell my story. Now. Oh my God. I want to see that picture, by the way. Oh, where you.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen it. That might need to be
1: your uh, your picture for this for this podcast. Yeah, it is a little weird because I keep it on my desk and people that like walk by my office at co-working are probably like, why does she have a picture of herself on her desk? But I keep it there to remember how happy I was at that moment. Like I was happier than I've ever been, like Sam's like you know, daughter stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um
0: yeah. I want to hear your story. Everyone makes fun of me because of when I send an email out for a toast and a tail, when you're, when I ask about the high point, there's a disclaimer on it. It's like, I'm not going to tell you no, but I caution you if you don't want the story to be the same as everyone else's, don't use your kid <laughs> because that there nothing tops that. Nothing does. So <laughs>
1: dig deeper,
0: <laughs> but I've been called out a few times uh, for, for that in, in sessions that people have heard and ones that are coming. So Anyway, my story. Uh, So my husband and I both had previous relationships uh, prior to finding each other. I've mentioned before that there is no good time to find the one that you are meant to be with. Uh, We had ended those relationships and, you know, we were in uh, upstate New York in an area where everybody knows everybody and we needed to get away. And so we ran off to Vermont for what was supposed to be a like antiquing date Neither of us really needed antiques, but it was something to do. You know, it was just to be away, like a day trip. And it's very easy to get to ver- this, like a very great area of Vermont, Um, just driving straight down a road. And there are antique shops all along the way. Well, we decided that we would do this. And I would be remiss if I didn't give the entirety of the story. And a piece of this that I think is maybe important to know Is that we had stayed up late the night before drinking tequila and there is one liquor that does not agree with me and it is tequila. Okay. It is not. So we get on the road. I'm not feeling awesome, but I am committed to this like day date. And we get on the road. We may get 45 minutes in there. We pull off at the first antique shop. We get out and I'm like, I'm going to need you to go in without me really quickly <laughs> he's like why I was like just trust me I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to go in you know we're dating like we're not the best friends that we are now we are dating <clears throat> we knew each other well it's like okay well that's a little bit weird but fine so he goes in I proceed to remove every ounce of stomach contents that I possibly can by the front right wheel of the car to try to get okay with the day as we're going out on our romantic day of antiquing. This takes me too long, evidently. So about seven minutes in, out saunters my future husband. He's like, hey, are you okay? Oh, I see you're puking by the wheel. All right. We're off to a great start here on our day. getaway." So I was fine after that. All right. Tequila got it out of the system. We're fine. Moving on. We go out on our day. We find an adventure. We make it along the path to a mexican restaurant in the middle of some small town vermont i wish i could remember the name of it but i can't And we sit down at the bar and we're chomping on some some chips and this guy down the bar maybe five seats away looks at us and goes huh i bet i know your story we've yeah. been yes We have been there. Seriously. Like, I mean, all we're doing is chomping on the free chips, right? We haven't ordered anything. We're just sitting there. Free tortillas. This guy goes, I better know your story. And I'm like, no, what? Huh? He's like, oh, so uh, you both just ended relationships. We look at each other like, what? He goes, both just ended relationships. You're out just kind of getting away on a date. It's just the two of you. And he pulls out these details where he I don't know if I believe in like psychic abilities, but I'm telling you, he found details that there is no way we could have known. At one point, Kyle looks at me and to this day, he goes, was he a private investigator? Did he did he follow us there? Did you hire him? You know what happened? But I can tell you he was not law enforcement in any way because of what happened over the next several hours. He proceeds to tell us basically our life story. He knew that I had been previously married, that I had ended the relationship, uh, that, you know, Kyle was recently out of one that we wanted to, you know, just avoid and be away from everything. He had managed to get all these details and more. Um, and then he gets a phone call and he answers the phone and he says, oh, yeah, yeah I'll be there in a couple minutes. I'm bringing some friends with me. No. Yeah. So. I like adventure too, Emily. All right. I believe in following the path that presents itself to you. And so Kyle looks at me and he goes, we're not doing that. And I was like, oh, but we are. (laughs) We are absolutely doing that. So we end up going to a VFW of all places. All right. So yeah, I know. Right. The party place in every rural town. (laughs) It really is though. So it's like two o'clock on a Saturday. We roll up into this VFW, having followed a an erratic driving truck over there. And he proceeds to insist on buying us drinks. He buys these little pull tab games for the entire... Everyone who was at the VFW, he wants to buy. He did know the first time he bought an entire round for everyone at the VFW, goes over and gets like outrageously mad at the ATM because it capped him at taking out two grand from the machine. And yeah, I swear to God, this is all true. It's so mad about his it. complaining to the bartender. Why can't I take out more? I was looking for 10. Dah, 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 dah. Uh, continues to basically insist on buying drinks. We try to buy something for him, like he's he's drinking along with everybody else. Whatever, we're there. I am drinking extremely small and slow to be able to drive home to the next place. Um, and we're there for a few hours hanging out, meeting some random VFW VFW people. When he gets another phone call, oh, I always said, okay. Oh and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll be over. And he looks at us. He's like, come on, guys. And we're having good conversations with him. He was recently divorced, construction worker, just looking to go out and have a good time. He goes, come on, we're going to go to a party. We end up at this house party in rural Vermont, where, you know, you're greeted with puppies and kitties and grilled food and overflowing shots. And I'm not taking any of these shots, but they're they're pretty insistent, okay, that, you know, you take these shots. So whenever everyone turns their back, I'm, like, sliding them over to Kyle, like, I'm going to need you to take this because I've got to drive later. And uh, we're here in rural Vermont with nobody that we know. And we're there. We're there for hours. It's finally maybe 11 o'clock at night, and we're, like, we really need to go. People are firing up motorcycles. I'm considering driving one. I used to own two of them. I absolutely loved it. Uh, said, no, that's not a good idea. These are very expensive bikes. I said, we really need to be making our way home, two and a half hour ride at this point. And he's like, okay, but let's just stop off at one more restaurant. I need to see this one guy and then then we'll say goodnight. Oh wait, the piece that I missed was how much cocaine they were pushing. <laughs>
1: No, so so much. Always the variable. Things don't add up.
0: Always, always. I was like, "Things are weird. Things are weird." I don't want this. I'm not doing this. Neither my husband I I did any of that. Uh, you know, we got offered it many, many, many times. Uh, you know, him with more of a strong arm than I did. We declined all of them. Uh, and. We said, okay, we're going fine. We're going to make sure that you get, we're going to drive you because I'm sober. Uh, We're going to drive you to this restaurant that you say you're meeting a friend at and you're going to go home with. So we bring him over to the restaurant. Well, at the restaurant, both he and my husband have had enough where they're like, John, you know, there are people basically passing out on tables here. They're not in a position to be in a restaurant. And so I was like, "That's it. I'm calling this. We're going home I get my husband into the car. Boyfriend at the time, barely even that." Uh, and this kid, this guy, this guy who has given us the entire, like, who who read our life story, who brought us to the VFW, who brought us to this house party, who brought us to this random, pretty classy restaurant, disappears.
1: No, gone. Oh my god, I just gone. I just got scared.
0: Gone. Yeah, just gone. So I end up driving my now sleeping in the passenger seat, boyfriend, now husband, all the way back, trying to force feed him pizza on the way back to my apartment at the de- at the time. And there was no rousting him by the time we got home at like three o'clock in the morning. So we slept in the car and that was our first real date.
1: Oh my goodness. We
0: slept in the parking lot of my apartment building because that was just a day. Yeah.
1: Think this guy was up to?
0: No idea to this day.
1: I have no idea. Well, I'm kind of an expert because I follow a couple of mediums on TikTok.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: maybe he had like that gift, but mixed in with a little like backwoods entrepreneurial, <laughs> yeah. not good stuff. But it was it was wild. I don't think
0: I ever had his contact information, but I people used people used um I don't know Snapchat. So I did have contact with some people from the house party for a few weeks afterward, but they were all the people pushing things that we didn't want. So, you know, I was saying hi, whatever, but I'm not driving two and a half hours to be, you know,
1: pushed into those kind of things.
0: But yeah, that was basically our first date. Boy, it's no (laughs) Abbey Road, but (laughs) Kyle, he really is. He puts up with a lot. He called it really early, like, we're not doing that, but he did. We will never forget that guy ever, 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 ever. All right. Well, round 10, I know we're going long today and I appreciate you staying with me, but I'm having such a good time that we might as well. So round
1: 10, it's your turn. Ask me anything. Yes. So I've been thinking about this and I, I think I want to ask you about the meaning of life. No pressure. (laughs) And I think, you know, not in like a like serious way, but you, I I mean, I love hearing about all the different chapters in your life. And, you know, this conversation is just so wonderful because people evolve and change and, you know, kind of what, I mean, what is your takeaway? What are you, I mean, what are you hoping to achieve or do or be? And yeah, uh, meaning of life. I think the meaning
0: of life is to find your truest self, your truest you, you know, to develop. And when it is time for your life to end, to sit there and say, Yep, I am me and I am happy with the me that I was. I don't believe, I know I've told you this before, that I don't believe in having regrets. You can yeah. reflect, but I don't believe in regretting anything. I don't because you can make a mistake and life is about and and making mistakes to find out who you are. So I think that the meaning of life is just to find your truest you.
1: I love that because that's so internal. That's what you have control over. You know, I think when we think about the meaning of life, we think about what are we doing for the world? What legacy are we leaving? Like, that's a lot of pressure.
0: It is. And I think that all ties into who are you? What did you decide to do for the world? You know, and there's no right amount. There's no wrong amount. It's what, who, who did you become? Who were you? And, and what happened along your life's journey? And, you know, it's great if you can help others along the way. And that's great for some people. But for some people, you know, it is a struggle to figure out just, you know, getting up every day. And if you are at the end of your time here, on earth, like just happy with, Hey, I got up every day and I tried my best. Then that's great. You know, that's part of what your story is and everyone's is different. So
1: yeah, you're, you truest to you. I love that. I was around one of my dear friends, Kathy last week, um, in Virginia beach and asking her a similar question, <laughs> uh, of course, after some wine as well. And, she had a beautiful answer. She said, you know, I think we're here just to um, bring sunshine into parts of our life that were once dark. Oh, I like that. Like, oh, that's good. That's that really good. good. You know, just keep illuminating different parts of you and figuring out. Um, and maybe that maybe that goes along with like the theme song. Yeah. And- oh, I was going to say, I was going
0: to say that ties back to your Beatles song, just so we're clear here. <laughs> That's wonderful. And that is very beautiful. Just, you know, you take what you've learned during the dark points in your life and, and you shine light on them to make them better and brighter for yourself and for others. And, you know, I mean, that even ties going back into education is that, you know, you're taking kids out of, out of hard times sometimes and, and giving them the tools to be successful, giving them that light. And, and speaking in true video game Uh, references, you know, there's a very famous line in a particular video game that says it's dangerous out there here, take this. And it's usually a a picture of a flashlight. And, and that's Uh exactly it is like, okay, go out there, but you know, here's, here's light for your path that lies in, in front of you. So uh, we've got two more things to talk about before we wrap up our time together. And so the next segment I call is on tap. So what are you working on right now and where can people find you on
1: socials? Ooh. So I'm on socials at my CEO story, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I am currently working on, so uh, coming out of this Postpartum depression, I just needed to find healing within myself. And so I started to write along with those um, morning pages as part of the artist's way journey. And um, that led me to starting to blog. And so myceostory.com, I started it at the beginning of the year and was pretty consistent with it for a couple of weeks. (laughs) And it's something that I want to come back to. And I can always tell like when I'm not at my best self because I don't write. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's my hope that I can just share very, um, very raw stories from my experience, trying to grow a company, lead a company, be a mom, like juggle all of the things um, and just paint that picture for other entrepreneurs, specifically other underrepresented entrepreneurs to say, like, hey, one one of the blogs is the title was, uh, you're not a bad CEO, startups are just messy. <laughs> like kind of calling out some of these things, like if you're trying to build a company or do something in a vacuum, you don't know that all of these things are normal, and you don't know how to navigate these different issues. So I want to really spend some time continuing to write there and how how aligned is that with motherhood you don't know
0: how common these issues are because people don't talk about the hard (laughs) stuff but
1: yeah that's well if anybody wants to subscribe you'll be like number 12. So. perfect perfect you
0: gotta start somewhere there's nothing wrong with that nothing at all all right and i'll be sure to list your socials so people can get more emily for sure all right our very last segment before i give a great toast to you is what i call happy hour and it is what is something you want to spread the word about what is your soapbox what makes you happy what's your passion the floor is yours
1: Ooh, that's good um there's a lot that makes me happy um i would I would want to spread the word um, probably about what the good work of World Refugee School. It's so important. Um, There's really no other uh, nonprofit organization doing this kind of work. It is incredible for educators that are listening to this. um, They they have created the content and platform to not just provide education to refugees everywhere, but to assess each child and doing an adaptive assessment, seeing where they're at, um, and then creating this unique learning plan for each child. You don't have to, I mean, we do that here in the United States with kids with disabilities, but changing the game and, and evaluating every child, their strengths, their weaknesses, and then putting them, you know, through an education plan that that is crafted specifically to them so i'm just super proud of that work and not that we're just we're not just providing education we're providing world-class education into some of the most um underserved communities in the world so i would just please follow world refugee school on uh, socials if you're interested in getting involved to reach out to me um that's probably my soapbox.
0: I love it. It's a beautiful soapbox. Uh, I will make sure that we do share things um, after, the, after the podcast to follow up so people can easily find that information because what a great program to be involved with.
1: <laughs> they may not- uh, They want... don't
0: need to repost. <laughs> no, no, no. This, this will, will just be- face. This will just be a link in the comments, honey. Perfect, perfect. Very careful about who I tag and exactly how I tag them. (laughs) But no, we will definitely share that link uh, so that people can just in a one click find out what they're all about and also be able to reach you if they have any further questions or want to be involved. So we are at the end of our time together, and I do, I left the last sip in my glass so that I can toast to you at the end, because that is what this show is all about. And I want you to know that uh, in our time together, I have finally written my first rhyming little toast, and you will be the first recipient of a rhyme. I'm not saying it's uh. good, but with your, with your with your, uh, love of poetry, uh, I, I had to try, at least, okay, so, so I'm gonna raise my glass to you, M. Thanks for the hire, for you, I admire. As a leader and friend, I'll love you till the end. Thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Cheers to that. Cheers to you oh that's oh thank you
0: thank you for tuning in to a toast and a tale we are so glad you could join us for a drink tune in next week to hear the tale of another amazing guest interested in being on the show find at a toast and a tale on facebook instagram twitter and on our website www.atoastandatale.com where you can also find past guest information our merch shop and more Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share on your favorite listening and social media platforms, and we'll be back next Friday. Until then, may your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. Cheers to you.